All right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 9 o'clock in Edmonton. A lot warmer than it's been in the last week or so. Uh, but still going to get chilly tonight. Uh, let's welcome in our Tuesday co-host uh, from Palm Desert, where it's, I'm sure, a little balmier. Uh, Grant Fear to the program. Uh, Grant, good morning. How are you today? I'm good. Definitely a little warmer than things are up there. I'm sure you've heard of the deep freeze we've been in. Uh, you know what? I heard it was a little frosty up there. So. <laughs> yeah. What's it like down there? Are you okay there with weather? Well, we had our cold snap last week where it was about 60. <laughs> so I think we're back up into the mid-70s this week. Oh, man. Wouldn't it be nice? Uh, you know what? We're going to have Dennis Bayak on, and I, I know you know Dennis. And he's in, he's in Phoenix, I think, right now just after his – uh, kind of careers winding down. So uh, he was talking about golfing and everything yesterday. He, does, he doesn't have a tee time till noon. So he says, yeah, just fine. Yeah, we can get her done today. So last night, uh, Coachella Valley beat Henderson 3 uh, nothing. the team that you do uh, uh, color commentary for, the Firebirds. How was the game last night? It was a good game. Actually, it finished 5-2. Oh, was it 5-2? Right. Sorry. Yeah, they ended up winning 5-2. But no, it was a good game for the guys last night. They came off a little bit of a tough trip where we lost to San Diego, went into Colorado and got three out of a possible four points in Colorado. So good effort at home last night. What uh, what do you like about the team right now? What's going well for, for the Birds? Right, we're doing a little bit of everything well right now. We're getting some good goaltending. We've been good in our end, and we're starting to score some goals, mm-hmm. which we thought would happen at the start of the year. And it's taken a little while for the chemistry to set in, but... It looks like it's kind of setting in now. The only thing kind of missing still is our power play hasn't really connected. So it's it's showing signs of life, which is a good thing at this time of year. Did I see Riker Evans to the All-Star game, Grant? Uh, he is, but he's up in Seattle right now. So what happens so, with that? Yeah. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that. We lost him. John Hayden went up yesterday. So we've got bodies moving up and down and creates for a little bit of havoc. But at the same time, the guys have done a good job of adjusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and Joey Decord still playing well for Seattle. Uh, Seattle had a nine-game winning streak, but saw that snapped uh, last night with a three-nothing shutout to Pittsburgh. Maybe that's what I was thinking, three-nothing Grant. But uh, Joey Decord continues to play well, and you said it right all along about uh, his abilities and capabilities. Oh no, Joey's the real deal. So he's been good in Seattle, and Chris Drieger's an NHL goalie. Well, now he's in Seattle, so we've got both our goalies up there. So we've been running with goalies three and four, and Alex Stechka is starting to find his groove a little bit now. He's played very well in the last half dozen games for us. So it's it's been interesting, but it's been good. Last night in the NHL, Marc-Andre Fleury got win number 552. Just your thoughts on what a remarkable career. What a Just a milestone passing Patrick Waugh. I mean, you're over 400 wins. To see a guy like that to have the longevity, you just got to be going, wow, this is just a special, special uh, career, special person. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Marc-Andre is one of those guys that you cheer for. He's just a super nice man and... The fact that he's passed Patrick, I think that's pretty awesome. And it shows the longevity of his career. And to have that longevity, you got to stay healthy. And he's done a great job of that. What is it about his game, Grant, that, you know, has allowed him? He's had some injuries along the way. But, you know, what's allowed him to kind of stay in the game for, you know, 20, 20 years or so? And, and to be a number one pick, you know, right off the hop, he's under the gun. Well, I think he enjoys the game. I think that's the biggest thing is he has fun every day. And you can tell when he plays that he actually enjoys being out there and he doesn't let it weigh on him too much. And that's half the battle of longevity. 
What about his style? Has that allowed him as well to kind of adapt? Oh, did we? Yeah, miss- to, Sorry, Grant. Go ahead. He's still a bit of an old school guy. Yeah. Where he throws his body around and it's about stopping the puck. It's not about being pretty. And mm-hmm. I'd say he's fun to watch. Yeah. And I mean, I think just by looking at him, again, not a big, big guy. So he's kind of changed that in the sense of, you know, where everyone was going to the 6'3, 6'4, 6'5 guy. He's he's not a small guy, but you know, he's had the ability to kinda to kinda hang in there and you know, over two decades the game changes and he's he's evolved as well. What do you think of that? Well, I think it's awesome. I mean, it just shows you you don't have to be the six five guys that everybody's been scouting all along for the last oh ten, twelve years. You can be a smaller guy. Well, he's not smaller. He's six foot or six one. Yeah. But it's about stopping the puck. And he's very athletic. And that's the fun part of watching him play is he's very athletic. So he's going to make some unorthodox saves. But at the same time, he's very solid. And he gives the guys in front of him a ton of confidence. Grant Fuhrer with us on uh, Sports 1440, our co-host from Palm Desert on a chilly Tuesday morning here in Edmonton. Uh, Grant, i got to go back to this day in hockey history in 1982. Not sure if you even remember this, but I found this out today doing a little research on the show, that tonight Grant Fuhrer saw his 23-game unbeaten streak come to an end in Toronto uh, thanks to a loss to the Leafs. Uh, did you recall that kind of run that you were on back in 82, or is this just one of those long runs that you seem to have all the time going on with the Oilers? Yeah, actually, I saw it on Twitter the other day. So that's that's why how I remember it. Yeah. But I also remember how it got snapped. I think we got beat 7-1 by the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, I so. didn't want to say the score. <laughs> <laughs> Funny oh. how you remember how games you lose, but yeah. hard to win. remember the games you win. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the poker players, right? They never remember a, a big win, but they remember the beatdown. So what about that run? Uh, everything was just going, I guess, well. The t- obviously, the team in front of you was playing well, but obviously for you to have a, a run of 23 had to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah, you know what? I get, you get lucky sometimes. I think we had seven or eight ties in there. So, But you know what? Everything has to go well for you to have a long run like that, and pretty fortunate to have that happen. Mm-hmm. So back then, there were so many ties, and we even look at Marc-Andre Fleury's record with ties and things like that. Did you, I don't know how to word this, did you play the game a little differently near the end of the game because you knew that, you know, there wasn't wasn't going to be overtime, there wasn't going to be shootout and things like that? I think teams played differently at home. Where, or actually take that back, on the road. Okay. Where if you knew you could get a point on the road, you would take the point. So you maybe didn't push the envelope quite as far, and that was half the battle. At home, you tried to score because you wanted to win at home. But on the road, if you could get a point on the road, you took the point you could get. So that mentality started even before kind of puck drop where you went in and said, yeah, we get a tie tonight. You know, we did our job. Yeah, I mean, the goal was to get points. So if you could steal a point on the road, especially when you went into a place like Boston or Long Island, you took your point and you were happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant Fuhrer with us uh, on Sports 1440. Last week, Grant, I was telling you that we were going to have Fred Brathwaite on, but he didn't get back to me until we actually had the, the show filled. Uh, Fred's in Henderson. So Henderson, obviously, as you say, uh, you guys beat them last night 5-2 in Coachella Valley. But just w- what what's Fred doing, I guess, with Henderson? And is it similar to what, I guess, you used to do back in the day a little more? Yeah, he's coaching the goalies there. Freddie and I are going out for dinner tonight, so... 
I got to catch up a little bit. He was my last roommate. <laughs> we played together in Calgary my last year. So we've stayed friends over the course of time, being as I retired a couple of days ago. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we, it'd be fun to go catch up with him. Yeah. And I mean, for Fred, he came in again undrafted and we'll hopefully we can get him on next week. It's just tougher with his schedule. And I, I guess when they play, when you have a, uh, a team come in and have two games in three days, they have to adjust their schedules as far as practice goes and things like that. That's why we just, we couldn't make it happen for a certain uh, time slot today. So when, when a, a team like that comes in and wh- are you watching again, what the goaltenders are doing from the other team and seeing, I guess maybe what, Fred is trying to kind of relay information and and his expertise uh, towards what the goaltenders in Henderson are doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the goal is you want to watch all the goalies and you're forever learning. I think that's the fun of the position is you're forever learning and you try and take what Freddie's doing with the guys now. I watch the other teams when they come in, like we've got Calgary coming in Friday, so get a chance to watch Dustin Wolf and Freddie was one of those guys, he's maybe 5'7", so not a big man. But he, again, was very athletic and was underrated. He was a better goalie than people ever gave him credit for. So uh, you like to see how the goalies are adapting and what they're trying to teach them. Was the style of play pretty crazy for him uh, in the sense to try to adapt to kind of that high-flying hockey? No, you know what? He was actually very good positionally. And you have to be when you're a smaller goalie. you got to be reasonably better positionally and he had great reflexes. So if you do get out of position, you can recover for it. Grant Fuhrer with us on Sports 1440, our Tuesday co-host from 9 to 11 on the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, Grant, the Oilers are home to the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. You played for both teams. Um, when Toronto came to town in Edmonton, you know, in the 80s, and it was obviously a, a different time in the sense that, you know, we didn't see all the games on TV, and you, you weren't able to kind of get that, you know, the you know when the when the Leafs came in, and in, in the sense of uh, how many fans were at the game, could you feel that when Toronto or even Montreal came to town, a difference in the building at Northlands? Oh no, you definitely knew when Toronto and Montreal were in town because the jerseys in the building would be about sixty forty. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's fun when you're playing an original six team. You get a team like Toronto because back in the day it was Hockey Night in Canada, and you either got Toronto or Montreal. So you get those two classic franchises coming into the building and you knew half the fans would cheer for both teams. Mm-hmm. When you were young, I mean, did you, again, were you more Toronto or more Montreal watching on Hockey Night in Canada? No, I grew up a Leaf fan. Yeah. I mean, my grandpa was a Leaf fan. My dad was a Leaf fan. So out West, we, most of the games we got were Toronto. So I, when I was small, became a Leaf fan until the Oilers showed up in the WHA. I know you liked uh, Tony Esposito. Anyone off the Leafs? I'm, I'm just trying to think like Mike Palmatier, guys like that. Tommy was great to watch. Johnny Bauer. I mean, you look at the old black and white, you watch Terry Sawchuk. Mm-hmm. Watched a bit of Bernie Perrant there. So, who else? I was trying they, to think. They had a nice run of goalies there. Yeah. I remember another guy, like when I was a young guy, I remember watching a guy, Doug Flavel. Yeah. Dougie Flavel was there. Yeah. So, no, it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, just watch it. And again, with the one game, it was on at, you know, it was on at six o'clock uh, to watch the one game on the Saturday because a guy never had a whole lot of a TV time and the games weren't always on. So uh, tonight, Oilers and Leafs, just to, when you get this much star power, uh, what do you think of a game like tonight? I think it's one of those games where it could be a high flying game. I mean, both teams like to play offense. 
So it's one of those games that could be – I'm going to go with a 5-3 Oilers. 5-3. Well, that's not that high flying offense for uh, the Leafs, Fierzy. Well, it's not the way it used to be. But <laughs> the Leafs are kind of trying to score their way out of the, some issues right now. I and mean, they, they're having that magic thing that everybody complains about when you're not getting it, goaltending. Mm-hmm. And defense, too. What do you make of the back end and in goal right now for for the Maple Leafs? Uh, they're going through some demons right now where they're having a bit of a tough time. And the last few games, they've given up a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. So you know the Oilers are going to get a bunch of offensive chances. It's just a matter of taking advantage of that because the Leafs can score goals in bunches. Mm-hmm. We're going to have uh, Caitlin Slater coming up uh, after the uh, break grant, and she's the goaltender for the Nate Ooks in town. And just to set the... ACAC, Alberta College's record for most wins with 47. So I'm sure she's going to be just thrilled that you can uh, be on with her and we'll chat a little goaltending ACAC style with a, a women's uh, goaltender. Uh, just a quick thought on the PWHA, HL, pardon me, and, and where you see, I guess, the initial stages of this going. I think it's been good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the talent that the ladies have, is impressive. It's actually fun to watch. I mean, we had a game here last year. They had four teams in here in Palm Springs and played a little series. So we got a chance to watch some of the women, and they play at a high tempo and a great pace. Mm-hmm. Could you see it ever getting to a stage where there might be a team down in your neck of the woods in the league? Uh, you know what? It wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. I mean, hockey's growing leaps and bounds here in the Valley, and that's the fun part of it is – you get in on the ground four and you see last year we were a little concerned once the Canadians left. I think our first playoff game, we drew about 4,300 and we pretty much sold out every game after that. Mm-hmm. So the locals have taken a love to the game and our, the practice rink right now, you could run it 24 seven. We already have a shortage of ice time. Really? Uh, how much do you think Austin Matthews has to do with that and the growth? Uh, you know what? I think Austin's probably got a big deal with it coming out of Phoenix uh, there's been some kids that have come out of L.A. So uh, the young kids are seeing that they're not all traditional hockey markets where kids are being developed now, and it gives them hope. I think more in L.A. is a big thing, too, coming out of Thousand Oaks. Do you think that, that that's correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, Thousand Oaks, I think he is. So, again, yeah, as you say, and this all started with uh, 99 going down there, right? It did. Once Wayne got to L.A., the game in non-traditional markets grew. Right? Now, all of a sudden, you got Florida, you got Tampa. You're in Nashville. So places you wouldn't think you have hockey, all of a sudden is flourishing. Mm-hmm. What was that like, Grant, when that kind of took off, you know, in, in basically 1989 to 90 and, and then moving forward? What, what was that like down there, what, what you saw and just the, the growth of the game thanks to Wayne Gretzky? Well, I think when you went down to L.A. pre-trade, they'd have seven, 8,000 fans. I think the building only hold, held about ten. So they'd have their seven or eight diehards. Once Wayne went there, there wasn't a seat to be found. I mean, it was actually a place to be seen. You started to see the Hollywood actors and actresses showing up, and it drew a lot more attention to the game, and the game flourished after that. What did did the players think when when they saw, like, you know, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell and, I mean, Schwarzenegger, all these these, uh, big stars down, like, you know, right behind the glass. They were always, it seemed, they were right one or two rows in. What what did the players think of that? I actually thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it's people you see on TV and such, and you get a chance to see them at a hockey game. One, it's great that it's a hockey game. Two, kind of cool that they come out to see you play. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then everyone went to the Forum Club after, I think, right? Yeah, we may have stopped up there for a <laughs> beverage or two. Yeah. It was all the beautiful people and a bunch of hockey players. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when we come back, uh, Caitlin Slater, Nate Ooks, women's hockey goaltender, just set the ACAC record for wins with 47. We'll guess with this. Uh, also coming up, uh, Dennis Bayek and Nick Kiprios in the 10 o'clock hour. Much more with Grant Fear on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty from Nick M. Good morning, guys. Looking at the Minnesota Wild, how would Ryan Hartman look beside Drysidle and Kane? That could become one of the filthiest skill lines in the league for a rel- relatively cheap acquisition cost. Well, I think a lot of people would like Ryan Hartman on their team. Unfortunately, it's not really a cheap acquisition cost because next year his new contract kicks in in Minnesota for four mil for the next three years so that makes it a no-go a non-issue to try to uh, and obviously he's, he's signed to stay in uh, Minnesota so uh, that is a no-go uh, sorry Nick M for any acquisition of Ryan Hartman time now for the uh, puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs talk to your local store about their financing options learn more at fountaintire.com as we welcome in Caitlin Slater from the Nate Ooks women's hockey team the goaltender Caitlin you're with Kevin Carries and Hockey Hall of Famer Grant Fuhrer welcome to Sports 1440 hi well hello uh, thanks for coming on I'm sure you wouldn't don't really want to talk to me I'm sure you would just like to sit down and talk to Grant Fuhrer for about five ten minutes here Yeah, that'd be cool, but no, I'll talk to you as well. Oh, thank you very much, Caitlin. Thank you very much. I'm sure Grant loves that too. So, so, uh, congratulations, Caitlin. Uh, You just passed uh, the mark for ACAC wins with 47, uh, thanks to your performance on the weekend against uh, Sate. So, what's this little uh, kind of a record and run mean to you? Um, It means a lot. It's a testament to my six years here at Nate. I mean, that's a long time, but I've loved every second of it, and I'm thankful to have played on some good teams that helped me get all those wins. Why did you want to get into being a goaltender? Um, it just started when I was younger, and they when everyone switched around playing like every game playing goalie, and I just fell in love with it and kind of never looked back from there. Grant, I'll let you kind of take the reins for a bit here. So, congratulations on your record. Um, so what would your next goal be? Would it be to play in the PWHL? Um, it'd be amazing to do that. But, um, for me, I think I have bit with my time at Nate have started my career and I'm on a good path there. So I'm excited for those next steps of life, but I never know where hockey will take me and where I'll play next. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What are you taking at Nate? Um, I'm an x-ray tech right now, and I'm finishing up taking um, my MRI courses as well. Oh, so that would be kind of, you'd still kind of stay, want to stay involved in, in the sports angle a little bit too, or not? Yeah, I do. There's a few um, opportunities there. I mean, it, I have to work my way up, but to be do something within the sports industry with x-ray or, or MRI would be like the dream. Hmm, pretty cool. Uh, Caitlin Slater is our guest on Sports 1440. So just to touch on what kind of season uh, the Ukes women's hockey team has had so far. We've had a good season this year. Um, we have a really young team, but we're very skilled and 
are learning even more and more every day how to mesh together and things are are coming together i think we're gonna be good in the second half so i'm excited to see how we do in playoffs grant i'll let you go again here just to with the technical angle with caitlin and i guess her career where she's at now and i guess how uh, what she's done to get to where she is i guess going with that the expectations oh you're in you're out how have you dealt with that um everything's changed every year i mean i've had to be adaptable with changes of coaches now three times in my hockey career and different teams but i guess the best the biggest goal is always just to get better every day so that's what i focus on and the rest of the team focuses on and just kind of keeps our head level that way what about your coaches uh caitlin that you've had in your career there i've had really great coaches in my time at nate um I had Stephanie Thompson and now Brendan Jensen and um, our coach Jay. And I, yeah, I'm thankful for them. They've changed my hockey career and made me the player I am today. And I, yeah, I can't say thanks enough to all of them. Grant? So going into the playoffs, what is the outlook for Nate? Obviously, our main goal is to win the championship. And I think we have a good shot this year. Obviously, it's going to take that hard work and just perseverance to want it more than everyone else but i feel like this year we have a good chance at it uh caitlin who's your stiffest competition in the acc um i'd say it's between red deer who um won the championship last year and then lakeland rustlers they're a really strong team as well so all three of us are kind of battling for that top spot and have great games against each other and, and who would be your arch rival um, I would say Red Deer just because we were in the playoffs against them last year and we're very different teams, but um, it makes it fun to play against them, but always close games and make it makes us rivals. Caitlin Slater, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Grant Fuhr on Sports 1440. So just, uh, Caitlin, setting this record for 47 wins, you couldn't do it without your teammates and especially your defense in front of you. Uh, what uh, what has your defense looked like, uh, I guess, this year and even in years past? And just kind of touch on that and how grateful you are for, you know, all the guys that block the shots and move the puck and things like that. Yeah, like you said, they're a big part of all the wins, too. Like, I couldn't do without them. And my defense are great. They always have my back. I mean, the big thing this year we're working on is just having, limiting those second chances off the shots and, I got the first shot, and then if they can pick up the sticks, then we'll, we'll be fine. So I, they are really good at that, and it helps me succeed. Grant? So over the course of six years, what's the biggest change you've seen in the game? Um, I'd say uh, in our league, a lot of the physicality, like as they say girls hockey, you can't hit and everything, but – it's pretty physical out there, so the girls have to be able to kind of bounce off of each other and then get through the game. And I feel like that's changed in women's hockey a lot, whereas the refs are kind of letting us play more now, whereas they didn't before. So, yeah. What about, Caitlin, the amount of traffic in front of you and the how hard and maybe they're coming a lot harder to you, uh, you know, going hard to the net than years past? Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that has changed, I guess, in the game as well. And people catch on that you have to take away the goalie's eyes and make sure they can't see the puck. So 
that's a big challenge in every game is maintaining those sight lines. That's mm-hmm. something I work on in practice every day. And, yeah, that's a, that's a big focus on my game. Caitlin Slater, our guest on Sports 1440 from the Nate Ooks women's hockey team. Can you explain and express and uh, talk about what a normal day is in the life of a, a student athlete that uh, goes to class and then has practice? So just uh, run us down what a, a daily regiment uh, is uh, when you go through, uh, like I guess, a Monday to Friday, then with games on the weekend. Okay, well, um, Mondays and Tuesdays we have a morning session, so it's either a workout or a, um, a skate at usually around 6 a.m., and then depending on your class schedule, girls have class in varying times throughout the day. I'd say most people are in five classes, so that's around two times a week for each class. And then we have workout or practice then every night around 4.30 to 5 until like 7-ish. Um, and we do a team video and we have study hall on Wednesdays. And then we usually play on Fridays and Saturdays, so we get Sundays off, which is a nice reset day, but it's pretty busy throughout the week. Grant, you got one more for uh, Caitlin before we let her get to a busy day? <laughs> so how, how do you keep having fun when you've got basically two-a-days every day? Um, well, I guess it just comes down to the passion that we all have for the sport. Like, if you don't love coming to the rink, that would make it – hard to come but everyone on our team I guess I'm speaking for myself hockey's what I love and that's what I want to do so it doesn't feel like a chore it feels kind of like a privilege to be able to come to the rink mm-hmm. every day what's the rest of what's your schedule coming up here as far as game wise goes Caitlin um we're in medicine hat for two games um this upcoming weekend and then we play old college um the weekend after that and then we have a few weekends off it's a kind of an odd double bye weekend schedule for us and then we'd have um we play lakeland and red deer one more weekend and then it's playoff time Hmm. what's it like to go on the road i mean not a lot of you know big long road trips but this would be an overnighter in medicine hat uh, kind of a little chance to get together with uh, uh, the girls on the road here yeah so yeah, in our league in the past, we've never had overnight trips. This is kind of the first year mm-hmm. that we've had somewhere far enough. So it's really fun. We all like it. It's a great way for the team to bond and just be together for a little bit. So it's it's nice to have. And I believe it's an afternoon game on Saturday, so it's not like you have a lot of uh, a time in between. No, it's a quick turnaround for sure so that we can get home at a decent time on Saturday. But mm-hmm. it makes it more fun that way you're when you're out with the whole team playing some hard games yeah hey caitlin thanks for hopping on with us this morning it was great to talk to you and i'm sure you enjoyed talking to grant and i mean you not not very often uh, do you do you get to speak with a hockey hall of famer yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> thank you guys <laughs> well maybe Good luck with the rest of your year yeah next time grant's in town maybe he'll zip out to to nate and uh, you know kind of check things out give you a few tips between the pipes Okay, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, thanks, Caitlin. That's a Caitlin right, Slater. Thank you guys. Yeah, from the Nate Ooks women's hockey team just to set the ACAC record for wins by a netminder with 47. And our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings.
that's pretty neat, Grant, when you see where women's hockey's come in the sense of just not only the, you know, and I'm, I know the PWHL gets all the headlines and things like that, but these players have to start somewhere, and this is just one area where they start. Yeah, most definitely. And that's not an easy schedule where you're, you're studying every day, practice at 6 in the morning, then you're going to go back at night. I mean, that's a lot of dedication to the game of hockey. Mm-hmm. and I mean, that's – women's hockey's been good in Edmonton since I was a kid. I mean, I know as a kid we used to play against the Edmonton Chimos. Yeah. So women's hockey's been good there for a long time. When you were in Victoria and just sort of kind of uh, drawing that parallel between not being a student athlete but still being a student because you're, you're doing classes and a lot of travel in Victoria, how did you balance that? I didn't. <laughs> I was a hockey student at that time. So now we practiced at 11 o'clock every day, like a professional team would. And uh, my first road trip, I think was 21 days. So you went to class when you had time. Other than that, it was hockey all the time. So not great for the education at that time, but definitely good for the pedigree of hockey. What was that road trip like three weeks? Yeah, we made the journey all the way from Victoria out to Winnipeg. We played our way out and then played our way back. <laughs> and and back then, like now, a lot of teams will fly out or fly back if they're doing a, a long trip. All bus yeah, no, there, bus, right? We're all bus miles. Yeah, that's a lot of miles on there. Holy smokes! How did you do? You recall how the trip went? Like as far as wins losses? Uh well, we had a pretty good club, yeah. so I think we lost. I think eight or nine games all year. So oh. it probably went fairly well. Hmm. Who were some of the guys on that team again? Uh, who did we have on the first year? We had Barry Peterson, who was yeah. a first-round draft pick. Um, uh, Mark yeah. Robinson, yeah. I think he was a first or a second-round draft pick to Buffalo. Uh, Bobby Jantz. Uh, who else? Brad Palmer played in Minnesota for a little while. He, was, McGill, he was a really Belize good player, wasn't while. he? Yeah. Uh, you had Rich Chernamaz too. Rich Chern- I lived with Rich Chernamaz. Okay. So uh, a guy by the, ran- by the name of Randy Zinn. He was the other guy that stayed at the same house as we did. Uh, I played with Kevin Eastman. Mm-hmm. He was my partner, Greg Richardson, my second year. So we had, we had a lot of guys. The second year, 80-81, I'm just checking it out, Grant. Uh, you guys went 60-11-1. Uh, oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, not so bad. Not bad. And Jack Shoup was the coach. What was he like? Yes, he was. Yeah. Medicine hat guy. Mm-hmm. Old school coach. Yeah. The on the ice in the three-piece suit. Yeah. I think he ended up coaching in, I think it was, he ended up in Lloyd Minster sometime too as well. Um, I know when he left Victoria, he went back to Medicine Hat, I believe, for a little while. Yeah, you're right. And then I'm, he did coach in Lloyd Minster in 84, 85, just checking him out too. Man. He he was an old so really old school kind of guy. Yeah, definitely the old school version. I mean, he came actually. I think they traded coaches. I think he got traded. They swapped coaches with Medicine Hat and Patty Janelle went to Medicine Hat. Wow. So, oh, there's another one. <laughs> the very old school version. Ernie McLean was in New West at that time. Punch McLean, so, right? Yeah. Punch is still. I saw Punch when oh, really? I was out in Vancouver here about a month ago. Jeez. He's still the same. Is he really? And yeah, he oh, took. Yeah. Did he? He took a puck to the eye, right, or something like that. At something like that. Yeah, he I mean, lost an eye. But no, Punch is still the same. He's creeping up on. He's got to be in his late eighties now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
Uh, when we come back, uh, Fierzy, it's uh, are you in or are you out? And I'm just getting the sheet right now, too. So, I mean, the Duke's probably just sending it to you. So we'll have to do this during the commercial break and get a little info on it. But uh, are you in or are you out with Grant Fear coming up on Sports 1440 right after the break? Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. couple of notes around the NHL, and this was a guy we talked about the Oilers should have had some interest in, not happening anymore. Jason Dickinson has signed a two-year extension with the Chicago Blackhawks, $4.25 million AAV. And Dickinson's, well, he's every time the Oilers have played Chicago, Dickinson's had a whale of a game, had another good one in Chicago as well the last time they met, and uh, the one here played well too. So uh, he's off the market as far as, uh, and he would have been a cheap one. Uh, he was at uh, basically half the salary that he will be at next year. So he is off the trade market. Also uh, from Gabby Shirley in uh, Tampa reporting that Julian Brisbois, the Tampa Bay general manager chatted with the media and talked about where the team is heading towards the trade di- deadline and offered this piece of info on Tampa captain Steve Stamkos. Uh, the quote, very succinct, Steven Stamkos is not getting traded anywhere, so we can put that to rest. So uh, a couple of things there. Uh, also, just uh, our one of our exec prods, uh, the slats, Brad Slater's texted out about Hulk Hogan helping a teenage girl after her car flipped upside down in a scary crash. Uh, Grant Fuhr, did you met Hulk Hogan, you say, a couple times? I have. We were lucky enough to meet him back in the 80s. So right when he was in <laughs> the throes of being a star. Oh, boy. Did you see him wrestle or just meet him? No, we just got a chance to meet him. Where was, so, where was I've that? Seen him, I've seen him wrestle as well. Yeah. I, mean, I used to attend the odd wrestling event. We've got it coming into here in a bill about a month now so i may saunter over to the rink to watch a little bit so you liked and followed wwf or e or whatever it is it was wwf back yeah. then so yeah we used to follow it a little bit and what was me it was always entertaining yeah i mean you guys met muhammad ali and all you i mean you were the toast of the town yourselves as well but what about meeting someone like that what was that experience like that's actually pretty cool i mean when i was in st louis they used to have the shows come in every year. So we'd go down to the dressing room. I was getting treatment at that time. So you get the chance to spend some time with the wrestlers. They were all banged up and in getting treatment from our trainers. So <laughs> it's it kind of cool. You don't realize how big they really are and what good athletes they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, time now, Grant, I guess, for Are You In or Are You Out? We had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. All right, Duke, fired up again. Edmonton Oilers back in action tonight with the Toronto Maple Leafs coming to town. We've talked about it all morning. Always a big draw for maybe the older generations that were Leafs fans but uh, and pass that along to their kids. But either way, what I'm saying is that the Oilers season ticket holders that sell their tickets when original six teams are in town are not real Fans. Oh boy, here we go, Duke. You're really trying to get under the craw of Oiler fans here. I, for the sake of it, Grant, I'm, I'm going to say I'm out on this uh, only because I think it gives 
Oiler fans an opportunity to recoup a little bit of their investment. We know how much it costs to go to these games. We know how much season tickets are. And if you, for one night out of the year, if you can just say, you know what, I'm going to send this off. I can get a little bit of cash back in my pocket. I'm okay with it. As long as the Oiler fans that are in there are louder than the Leafs fans. So I don't know where you stand on this one, Grant. No, I agree with you. I mean, when the Leafs roll into town, it's not a little bit of money you're going to get back. You're probably going to get a fair amount back. <laughs> that's that's the other thing. It's a big ticket. So, I mean, you're, you'll get recoup a good chunk of change. And a lot of the people that buy those seats aren't necessarily Leaf fans. They're still Oiler fans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got to agree too. on that. Fair too, yeah. With Evander Kane's uh, reinsertion into the top six, uh, as uh, exemplified by the last couple days' practices, uh, I'm saying not only will he score tonight, but start what will be the beginning of at least a three-game point streak. He's going to score and three games. Do you want to go first, Fierzy? Sure, okay. I'm in. Yep. I think the Oilers are a better hockey club when he's playing. One, he adds physicality. Two, when he plays like that, he gets more opportunities around the net. So, yeah, I could see him scoring tonight. I can easily see him scoring in the next three games as well. Uh, I'm agreeing with you here, Fierzy. I'm going to say I'm in on this. I think he'll score tonight, and then he'll put a bit of a string together uh, for several reasons. And also, uh, getting back to tonight's game, I'm going to go, I'll say Evander Kane has eight hits tonight. How's that sound, Duke? That's a lot of hits. It's a lot of hits. I'll go over under eight hits. This is an opportunity for him to go, uh, I don't want to really be going back to the third line anymore. That yeah, that that's kind of the um, the inspiration behind it. I mean, he he like we talked about it with Spec earlier. He kind of did his his part for the team. The team's winning. Mm-hmm. You play a few less minutes, maybe with um, a little bit less skilled line mates, perhaps uh, down on the third line. But I think now back up with uh, Leon Drysaitel, especially on the second unit, he'll kind of take full advantage of it. And uh, we all know we know how much he gets up for the games against Calgary uh, as we head into to Saturday too. So I think that'll... I think he, yeah, I think he could go on a little run here. A little, and, a little and, bit of a run. And here. it offers a little more balance as well on the lines. You betcha. Uh, number three, we saw Joe Buck and Troy Aikman uh, with ESPN do the Monday night game. Sure wasn't uh, the most exciting game as the Buccaneers walked all <laughs> over the Eagles. But uh, I'm still saying, I know he takes a lot of flack, but I think Joe Buck among active broadcasters, broadcasters has the best big game voice in sports. Ooh, do you, uh, do you want me to go first, Fierzy? Sure, I'll let you go okay. first on that one. I, I'm going to go, I'm out on this one. I'm going to go, I'm out on this one only because I like Jim Nance better than than Joe Buck. G- and let me just, let me tell you why, Duke. Because he does the Masters. He used to do, I think his last year was last year doing NCAA Final Four, uh, Final? Correct. Okay, so that's his last game. Jim Nance would go from the Monday doing the championship game in the NCAA and zip to Augusta and have to do the Masters for four days. Plus NFL with Tony Romo, you know. So I'm going to just go, and I, and I like Joe Buck too. I do, but I'm just going to, just because I know you love, I know you love Joe Buck, Joe Buck, but I'm going to go with Nance. So that's where I'm at on this one. That's a tough one because there's so many good guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Jim Nance. Of course, I'm a diehard Masters fan. So then, but I also know Joe Buck and I've seen him a lot and he's phenomenal. Then you got to throw a guy in like Al Michaels in there as well. Mm-hmm. So it, there's a lot of great announcers 
So it's hard to pick just one. Another one, Grant, that you probably like listening to, and maybe you would hear him more, is Kevin Harlan, who does a fabulous job doing radio, mostly radio because he does a lot of the Monday night games for Westwood One or whatever you want to call it. So there's another one that I enjoy. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. just so many good announcers now that it's hard to pick just one. Yeah, Duke, you're just just chomping at the bit to get in here. Yeah, Kevin Harlan's definitely one of my favorites, and his um, you talk about Nance being able to go cross sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, Harlan does that as well, doing a lot of basketball games, and he's got a great uh, great cadence for that. Uh, I love listening. I, lo- I love Joe Buck calling mm-hmm. baseball games too. Yes. I miss him doing the World Series in the fall as well. But I mean, and then even like a guy like Kenny Albert, of course, he he's got maybe the most range of them all, calling all four mm-hmm. major North American sports. So I, I agree with what Grant said. So like, there is no shortage of great ones out there right now. But I think when like the the biggest game, like if it's coming down to the Super Bowl, and I know they rotate and stuff, but like the Super Bowl, the World Series, like I love having Joe Buck there. And uh, Troy Aikman obviously is a great compliment to him on the football broadcast. And uh, Al Michaels, like, like obviously one of the best of all time. I think he's uh, probably out to pasture time. We kind of saw that in most For of the, Al, th- yeah. the Thursday yeah. night games this yeah. past <laughs> season. The, uh, the the liveliness and the passion, it doesn't really seem like it's quite it's, quite there anymore. It has Al. a hard time recognizing plays and players, too. Yeah. It's just that, I mean... You can't ask for a, a better career, though. No, I mean, God, no. I mean, that's. I mean, do you believe in miracles? That's as good as it gets, right there. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, if you were Bob Cole in that mix too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. There, yeah. Uh, the other one too. Uh, when you mentioned Joe Buck, if you were to ask him, and I think you would agree, Grant, too, his first love is baseball. If he, oh, definitely. He, I think he really misses doing ball games. Yeah, he's. He's been a baseball guy for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Well, his dad was old St. Louis Cardinals. If you go back yep. back in the day, like uh, Jack Buck and then uh, Harry Carey, you know, they, they worked together at, I think it was called K-Mox back in St. Louis back in the day. And then, it was. Yeah. And then uh, then I believe, uh, you know, obviously Harry Carey went to the Cubs and, and uh, Joe Buck stayed, uh, Jack Buck stayed in St. Louis. Yep. And then Joe came in right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, no shortage of great options across the uh, sporting world, uh, pretty much regardless of whatever sport you prefer to take in. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, last night's uh, moving into sole possession of second place in the all-time wins list, uh, getting one ahead of Patrick Waugh with the victory. He's played for four different teams. He's second in wins, um, fourth in games played, top 10 in shutouts, First ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, three Stanley Cups. You can run down his list of accolades. Uh, It's pretty extensive and lengthy, both at the international and the NHL level. All that to say, I don't believe that uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, when he hangs him up, will or should be considered within the top 15 of all-time goaltenders. I'll I'll let the master go first here. I've got him in my top 15, Mm -hmm. so I'd have to be out on that. I think Marc-Andre's definitely a top 15. I think... My top guy would still would be Terry Sawchuk. Then you go Marty Brodeur, Patrick. Uh, then you can go Glenn Hall. Then you've got to throw a guy in like Dominic Hasek. So that, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys you can throw in that list. Bernie Perrant. So you've got to go through the different generations, but I still put him in my top 15. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Fierzy. I think he's uh, he's top 12 probably. Uh, you're in that list. Let's not sell yourself <laughs> short here. <laughs> I mean, and you're uh, you're higher than top twelve for sure. But uh, I, I think just with the wins, and you know, he he did get the Vezina, has the cups, so I, I think he's he's in that top top echelon. Duke, you, you're 
It's it's on the brink for okay. me. Like I think he's right there. But like Grant said, I think the big thing is the different generations because obviously we always get recency bias. That's just human nature. And even when you look at his own generation of goaltenders, yes, the Stanley Cups, mm-hmm. he has pretty well more than, well, it's the three of them. But two of them, he was not the full-time starter for those teams. He played a huge role all the yeah. same. Uh, but those two, the two second uh, and third Cups in Pittsburgh. But you're comparing against guys like Lundqvist, uh, Luongo, like these are the, the the other guys in his generation that honestly I probably still stack up higher than him uh, just based on actual individual performance outside of the team setting. So it's close. Like we talked about with Frank, all time like Hall of Fame guy, Hall yep. of Fame goalie. But uh, I just don't think he's quite in that uh, that same same tier as as guys like Grant and uh, maybe a few others from generations past. You know, you know, Grant, you played uh, just under forty nine thousand minutes, I believe. <laughs> which is crazy. That's why I feel like I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) But then you look at, and Marty Brodeur's over 74,000. That's just, you know, that's, that's an uh, unbelievable mark. Yeah, that's, that's a big number. And a lot of wear and tear over that course of time. Exactly. And uh, last one for you guys. Uh, This one, we normally steer away from sports uh, for the last question, but this one caught my eye last night and figured we had to address it in some capacity. Uh, the end of the Ducks and Panthers game, Frank Vetrano and Alex Kalorn getting into it a little bit with a Panthers fan in the front row following the OT winner. Looks like Frank, Frank Vetrano actually took off, took off his glove and flipped the bird to this <laughs> fan. Uh, I'm saying that uh, pro athletes across each of sports, they should get a little more leeway uh, and... Um, I don't know. There's forgiveness <laughs> when it comes to some of these negative interactions with fans. I'm not saying every night's got to be malice at the palace, but things like this happen. Fans can be jerks sometimes too. I think this guy might have threw a water bottle on the ice or something. So I think we should give a, a little more grace and leeway to players. Yeah, I mean, I think they should have some leeway for sure. Uh, I always think of the uh, the Steve Sullivan when when the, <laughs> oh, the fan yeah. was just on Sullivan and then puck goes over the glass and he gets dinged and gets or cut. Or the guy fell into the box with Domi. With Domi, yeah. So. You deserve that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or Milbury. I'm definitely in on that. Players need more leeway. Yeah. Milbury I, especially hit the guy with that with social media. <laughs> yeah, the other one too, Grant. What about Mike Milbury taking his shoe off in the stands? That's classic. Oh, right? yeah. I, it's Madison Square Garden. <laughs> So <laughs> that that's probably what some of the best video ever that was. That's one. one of the funniest things that you yeah. get like it, like that is you talk about Malice of the Palace, that obviously had a, yeah. the whole thing after the fact, but like Milbury walking up the stairs in his skates, mm-hmm. taking this guy's own shoe off and beating him with it. That like that is that is as classic as it gets. Oh guess. boy. <laughs> those are some good ones. Yeah, those are some good ones. Thanks, Duke. Uh, good good job too, Grant. Uh when we come back, uh, we will guest with Dennis Bayak. Uh just recently retired after a long, long play-by-play and uh, broadcasting career, uh, general manager positions in the WHL and, and things like that. So uh, that's coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, before that, here is the Duke with the Sports 1440 update.